In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A little over six weeks ago, we began our Lenten observance with Ash Wednesday and entered into a season of reflection, contemplation, and penitence. We have fasted and given up a few pleasures that we enjoy to draw ourselves closer in prayer and relationship with God. We have recounted temptations, vices, our failings and our faults, all with an aim to repent and amend our lives and ask God's mercy and to say that we are truly sorry for our sins, both in what we have done and in what we have left undone. We have chanted litanies. We have recited the Ten Commandments all to help remind us and make us aware of what distracts us from God, what gets in the way of our relationship with Him, what sin we still have in our lives. And then we come here today, a day that begins with joy, expectation, gladness, and song. We gather outside, waved palm branches in the air, shouted out Hosanna to the King, and formed our own procession into the nave, singing the ancient and venerable hymn, O Glory, Lord, and Honor. We reenacted the triumphal entry into Jerusalem of Jesus coming into the capital, seated on a donkey, and we shout out that he is our king. Open the gates of righteousness, because blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let's stop right there for just a few minutes. This is where we want to be after all, isn't it? We want to be with the crowds, proclaiming that Jesus is King and Lord. We want to yell and cheer out to Jesus. We want to join in a march of victory into the holy city, into the seat of power. We want Jesus to replace Herod and Pilate and Caesar as King. This is a good place to be. After all, if I'm going to have someone who is going to rule over me or be put in authority over my life, who better than Jesus? And maybe, just maybe, we do find ourselves spending some extended time in this place of triumph and cheer. We might actually live a holy life where we do allow God to rule over our hearts each day and we strive and excel by his grace to live into all sorts of Christian virtues. Or at least we find ourselves trying to do that, trying to excel, and we succeed part of the time. Maybe five days out of seven, or perhaps three, maybe 
only on Sundays. Or maybe you've just had a bad week, or a month, or this season of life that has been ongoing for the last several years has made you a little bit bitter, or a little jaded, and you're in a bad temper. And this whole idea of Christian living and Christian virtue and living life to the glory and honor of Christ's holy name seems like a remote fantasy, something from years gone by and days of old. And that is what is happening to us. This is what happens to us in cycles, and that is part of the reason why we reenact each year this Palm Sunday. We reenact our lives of faith. We reenact our lives as mere mortal humans. There is a drama to our liturgy and to the doctrine and dogma of the church. And that drama is there to help remind us of who we are and what role we have and what roles we might instead ought to play. Our passion narrative and the week that we have just ahead of us mirrors part of our life. We shout Hosanna to the King only then to cry, crucify, crucify, with all our breath. We show and express deep love for Jesus, our Messiah, and then despise his love and his will in our lives. We claim that Jesus is Lord and King of my life today. We receive the blessed body and blood of him who died for us and for our salvation. But that doesn't always mean that Jesus is Lord and King of my life tomorrow. We all forget. All of us. I, myself, a priest in the one holy, catholic, and apostolic church who prays every day, who studies the scriptures, who tries his utmost to live a life patterned after Jesus, I, too, forget and fall into sin. So what do we do? as we approach not only the end of Lent, but also some of the most difficult days, those just prior to our remembrance of our Lord's crucifixion, his torture, and his death. How do we say to Jesus that we will not abandon him, yet our records Show us to be like Peter, who denies our Lord when there is a little bit too much pressure and a few 
too many questions asked. How do we keep ourselves from becoming cynical and greedy? And we vow not to betray our Lord like Judas Iscariot does. How do we come here each night of Holy Week and sit in the silence of this nave at the foot of the cross and pray for strength to persevere through temptations and yet we run away and hide when the authorities come to take our king into custody. Well, part of the difficulty is that this all sounds like a circular argument. We come here, we pray, we then go out into the world, we mess up, we sin, and we pray for forgiveness and strength, and then we come back here and we pray and we go into the world and we mess up and we sin and we ask for forgiveness of strength. And then we come here week after week and day after day. And we start over again to work towards becoming more Christ-like. And we read passages like what we heard from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians to learn to learn not only more about Jesus and who he is, but also about us. To learn more about us and how we are to be more like Jesus. We learn to be a little more humble. We learn not to exploit others around us. We learn not to worship vain idols and wealth, but instead to bow at the name of Jesus and confess him as Lord. And the reason we do this, even if it seems circular, is because we are growing in Christ. We are never going to get everything right. We are never going to be perfect in this world. Just as we hurt people here in this world, our spouses, our children, our parents, our friends, our employers, just as we hurt them and seek forgiveness and reconciliation, so it is also with our holy God. We also take on Christ and become more like him when we forgive others as well. But there's one more thing that is rather important. And it has to do with coming to grips with culture and society. Try as we might, we are all influenced by the culture around us. It is almost unavoidable. One of the trappings of culture currently is to know more, to get more information, to know more about this or that. We need to all know the statistics of the Masters Golf Tournament played this weekend. 
We need to know all of the history of the fictitious, the, the fictional Star Wars universe. We need to learn a language that is made up so that we can dive deeper into the world of Middle Earth. We need to know much more about our favorite television show and the production of it. We need to know more about our favorite sports players and athletes, our favorite actors. And even we need to know more and more and more about our best performing stocks and mutual funds. Information is key to everything. And what we sometimes get confused is about the difference between knowledge and relationship. We confuse knowing more and more about Jesus and more and more about the God who lives in Trinity and about the church and about the saints that we sometimes forget to cultivate a relationship with Jesus. We forget to go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. We forget even to pray before this liturgy for the Holy Spirit to act through us and in us to draw all people closer to God. Relationship with our blessed Lord is why we are here. Relationship with Jesus is why we take part in the Holy Eucharist, the great thanksgiving, to give ourselves to God as reasonable, holy, and living sacrifices. This is why we call it Holy Communion, a time for you to be with God and to receive the body and blood of Jesus reverently and to commune with him. We are one week away, one week away from Easter day, the day of the resurrection of our blessed Lord. But before we get to Easter, we must go through the passion We must go through arguments in the temple. We must hear about Judas betraying Jesus to the temple officials. We must watch our Lord and Master take on the role of a servant and wash our feet as an example of what a true servant of the Lord does. And we must watch a sham trial. And we too, like we did a few minutes ago, must clamor for the death of Jesus because he isn't exactly what we expected or what we think we need and perhaps not even what we want. And we must watch Jesus die, and not just die, but die a long, agonizing, and torturous death, 
all of it for the sake of love. Don't skip the parts of the story that you find uncomfortable this week. Rather, spend some time dwelling with them, seeing why they wound your heart so deeply. We know the end of the story already, but that doesn't mean we fast forward through the slow and unpleasant part. Today begins Holy Week, the longest and most poignant week of the year for Christians. It is the most holy season of the year, the week where we recount the history of our salvation. Come. Come each evening this week. There is nothing more important than spending one hour here each day listening to what great love our Savior has for you. Come to the cross. Come and spend time even sitting here in the quiet and empty church with our blessed Lord. Come, see, be an active participant in the drama of this week, the story of our salvation. Come, come and see how deep the love of Christ, the love of the Father, truly is. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.